the set. Sammy, the real Kipper and Bourne show. We are live and in color. Also available on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6. You can always download us. If you don't get us live at any time during the day. You show can. Okay. <laughs> Hot start. This is the Real Kipper and Born Show, predominantly in the first hour, Leaf Edition, which will attempt oh, man. for the first hour. Then we'll go national. Yeah. But between four and six, how many different times are we going to have you look at your phone to get a show a update? I give it, give us an update. You know, there hasn't been any no, hockey or baseball talk at the station. Let's have it. There's like there's a million different people saying a million different things. There's people reporting things. There's fake insiders saying yeah. things. I heard some things. It's just right now, if you want clicks on baseball internet. There isn't many better times at this moment than to say something about Shohei. We are in the mothership of Sportsnet. If you were to tweet, just talk to someone and the eyeball emoji or something. Or how about like an eyeball emoji and the Japan flag? Yeah. I would get a thousand retweets right now. <laughs> you know, People like, are you could each move up. the needle right now. But it's apparently down to the Jays and the Los Angeles Dodgers. So speaking. Shohei apparently flew to Florida to go check out the player development complex. The so, reporting on it, I, I don't know what to believe, Kipper. I'm having a hard time caring about the Leafs who don't play hockey. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, it's, it's Shohei Otani, and it seems like there's a real chance. So, so speaking of the, the, the Rogers mothership here, yeah. I don't know whether we're like nine or ten floors above someone saying okay to $600 million. Oh, yeah, maybe more. But if that does happen in the next ten minutes, an hour, hour and a half, we're going to get booted out of oh, here. Oh, yeah, they're kicking us <laughs> off the air. For sure. We're done. What? You know we're done. National, National Blue Jays voice, Sam McKee, is a good we, enough for you <laughs> We may, like, take off for yeah, a week, maybe. I mean, I would need to go somewhere to get tickets, like everyone else in Toronto, were that I, to be the case. So that is the best case scenario, is that we get booted out of here mm-hmm. in the next 15 minutes for an official announcement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The worst case scenario is news also breaks that he's going to L.A. And we have a grown man crying on our show. (laughs) And it also seems like the most likely outcome. Just because I'm afraid of being hurt, I don't want to be like... I'm a very protectionist sports fan. Yeah. Mostly because of my history with sports. And the teams (laughs) that I... (laughs) Yeah. Like, outside of the 2019 Raptors, I haven't had a whole lot to cheer about in my life. And... I've been snarky about this, and I've been like, there's just no way. And today and last night are the first time that I truly let myself believe in this, and it's a dangerous game. It's a very... It's a dangerous, dangerous game. It's a metaphor for life. It's making you bear your vulnerable heart before they pierce it with a Dodgers tweet. Yeah, it's just, I I really want this now, and I was kind of, and I think it's, I'm going to be heartbroken, it's going to suck, but... You know. Okay, can I just get your hopes up high for a little bit here, though, for yes, a second? please. Where do. would this rank in number one Canadian uh, storylines? To me, I, I don't care about the six hundred million. It doesn't uh, run toe to toe with Gretzky getting traded to L.A. I think this is in that conversation. How could it not be? This is like this is a top five most famous guy on earth. Choosing this isn't. 
Like Edmonton traded him. It's, they chose to get rid of yeah. This is a guy that's choosing to sign in Canada, that's choosing to come here yeah. to play for the Jays, which is something Listen, that would be crazy. I, I get the international scope yes. of Shoei compared to Wayne Twitter Gretzky. Twitter following goes, or the Blue Jays' Twitter following, or Instagram following yeah. goes from oh, the second all of Japan follows. Yes. You know, like this is the money. They would make that money back yeah. over but the time, no problem. It, it, it won't, it'll, it'll pale in comparison to that, that emotional element. Other than Sammy, maybe. Well, it's of, interesting. Of a, of, a, of a Canadian sports story. You know, we had the Raptors win a championship. Mm-hmm. There's the Jays runs in 15, 16. Obviously, yeah. your Leafs years. You know, mm-hmm. you got Nick Taylor drains one yeah. to win the Canadian Open, all yeah. that. And you have it up with those. No question. Yeah. No question. I mean, I think it's on, like, the excitement that your, your fan base would feel is, like, on a championship level to sign Shohei Otani. Yeah. I don't think that you look both looking at me like I'm crazy. I don't think it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, there's just no promise it even goes well, right? You know, like he can come here and... You don't buy the fact that if if L.A. leaked a tiny bit out, that Shohei's going to go, uh, no, no the, I'm going to Toronto now. The, the Lou Lamorello? Loose lips over there. I'm going to Toronto. No, I... You don't really see that happening here, do you? Listen, I've convinced myself of a lot of things over the last hour and a half that I don't really know what to believe or what to read into, but he was very clear in the early parts of this that leaks were not to be had. And then old Kenny Rosenthal last night, Mr. I thought he was supposed to be Johnny Tightlips, writing an article about how he was at the, who's telling him that? Ah, it's just a really tense time for me. I also, like, I personally have a tough time with the idea that someone would be, have this hard of a time making a choice. Like, to me, it's like, okay, you either really value the money or you really value being in L.A. or whatever. Like, he, like how do you not know? Well, it's not like somebody can come up with an extra twenty to forty million, and that's going to be the difference here, right? You 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 have to now. Like you're making so much lifestyle. Where do you want to be? And I don't know. Is on one hand, if you go if he goes to L.A. and, and or you know, a big market, uh, is he one of many stars there? Does he worry about being too big of a star here in, in Canada? Sure. He'd be the guy. It's there, he has Canada. There's nowhere he goes where he's not the biggest star. I don't think. Like even with LeBron in LA, if he's playing no, for the Dodgers, he's right not, there with LeBron. That I mean, he's yeah, okay, he's there. Yeah, I, the, I agree. With the, with the Angels, mu- no one cares. Shohei Otani could walk into a lot of places and people would not know who he is. I, I think compared to LeBron James in North yeah, America, well, it's uh, LeBron's got. 12 years on him of, Twi- yeah. of, of pushing for a, sure. a 14 years of pushing yes. a market. And maybe Otani would get there for sure. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was in Space Jam. Everyone saw that. So he's the second <laughs> most famous guy in LA immediately when he signs with the Dodgers. Yeah. Once he does yeah, a. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's a pretty big place. Yeah, LA. it's huge. <laughs> I know he has to knock old Anze Kopitar off the ledge there, but he's, he's walked by the statue of Dustin Brown in front of the Staples Center. I think once he does a subway commercial with Barnes from the Raptors, oh, yeah, he, he goes to another level. Yeah, can't you see Otani in the new Osmos commercial? <laughs> <laughs> it's, coming, it's coming for him. All right. Uh, it's not a baseball show. Oh, we got to talk about that at least now? Yeah, oh, we pra- do. Oh, they practice. Can we just talk thrill. about, like, what a thrill. The worst schedule ever. Oh, my ever. God. They never like, play. we had that. That big break before they went to Sweden, mm-hmm. and now we've got another one. Okay, mm-hmm. What is up with this schedule? Do they not know we have a show to do? The good thing is that I assume the back end of the season, we're going to be heavily, heavily loaded. But, yeah, they don't play till Thursday night. 
Mm-hmm. Skated today. We did get some uh, some audio. Thursday, they play. Saturday, and then it goes Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday Ooh, next week. I like so that. So back to back Monday, both they play both New York teams. Uh, Rangers in the second half of back to back, which Aye, that's called a schedule loss. We got yeah. a terrific show. We're gonna have Luke Fox in a few minutes uh, because we've run out of things to talk about with the Leafs. So we're gonna invite Luke onto the show. Yes, and, we have Sheldon on that schedule too. Kipper, but we also have. Hall of Famer, Adam Oates, in about 25 minutes. Want to get his thoughts on a ton of stuff, including three-on-three, which still a hot-button topic, I think. Fans booing when teams retrieve. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, let them know. I really like that. You know what is happening? Uh, we can talk about it with Luke. I'll okay. Go, I do have a complaint. And uh, Mike Rupp, NHL uh, Network Analyst, will join us on our national hour here on The Real Kipper and Born Show, but let's go back to the uh, the goofy schedule and let's get uh, head coach Sheldon Keefe's thoughts on him on our first Kippers Clipper. Different type of schedule we've had here for quite a while now, um, but you got to take advantage of it when you have it, right? In terms of first of all some rest and, and a chance to work on some things and, and build your game in practice. So you know we're we're making most of it. It's honest to to really continue to stay on the guys and make sure habits don't slip. You know, there's a few instances out there uh, today in the practice. You, you look like a team that hasn't played and is coming off a day off uh, and all those kind of things. And that's sort of uh, what you've got to combat is is losing your game readiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, I saw someone tweeting from their practice on Sunday after the Bruins game that was very upbeat. You know, a team feeling pretty good after a loss to yeah. the Bruins. They had a day off coming on Monday. A little bit of rest, a little bit of practice time. Not the worst thing to happen to you at this point of the schedule. So even though it's good for the Leafs, it's inconvenient for us, but it is a good thing. Very inconvenient. Yeah. <laughs> As someone producing the show. Yeah, well, I mean, three good guests today. Um, and so Samson has been super sick. Uh, apparently, he was, like, down and out. You know, he didn't start. He wasn't the backup on Saturday night. Right. And they're trying to get him ramped up for Thursday or whatever, but... Keith gave updates on Samsonov, Lilligren, and Klingberg. Would you like to hear those? I would love that. Okay, let's hear those. Maybe twice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Sammy's, uh, he was feeling better today in order to get on the ice, but uh, this illness has beat, beat him up pretty good, so yeah, wasn't going to work through the whole day, but uh, the hope is that we can just kind of build him up a day at a time here now. Um, Lilligren's uh, progressing really well. Um, no, no timeline at this point that I've been made aware of other than just continue to kind of ramp him up a day at a time and he's had no setbacks and is feeling good and strong every day and I have nothing for you on Klingberg here yet at this point. So, they're having some long meetings hey. at old Klinger, aren't they? I know. They? Is he okay? Are, the longer it goes, the more worried I am. That he's going to play. I that he's going to play. Uh, I haven't met with the lawyers yet. Yeah, we haven't decided who's <laughs> paying this guy, us or insurance. Maybe Klingberg's down in uh, Dunedin trying to get Otani to Tell try. great city. The media's awesome. I'm having a great time I, in Toronto. I would worry about Klingberg coming back on the ice and not being well welcomed. Yeah. Yeah, welcome back. Because there's a lot of people, including our Sammy, that expect a new, fresh $4.1 million but if you're, to come into the system. If you're you. gonna use, If you're going to use his money... And be, Maybe not one guy. No? Two two million taller guys, one three and one one. You got a lot of holes. You got a lot of holes. Anyways, Luke's here. Okay, let's welcome in Luke Fox, 
NHL writer for Sportsnet.ca and a good friend of the show, especially when, as I said earlier, we run out of things to talk about. So, go, Luke. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing okay. I, I love messing you know, with I you. Know, I know there's a lull in the schedule when Sammy texts me because <laughs> you're running out of quality A-list. Oh, no, no. So. You, you, you always bring us great stuff here on the show. So, um, is... Is there a thought that uh, they could they could uh, not come out of the, the gate great against Ottawa on Thursday night, or is this old hat from them from the time the downtime uh, leading up to Sweden? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like Sheldon said, today's practice wasn't as sharp as as he'd like, but let's be honest, he's a bit of, of a perfectionist, right? He's he sets a high bar. I don't think they should have any excuses. I mean, this is a team that could probably use the rest. An incredible 11 out of their 22 games have gone to overtime. Like, the odd day off, the odd practice day, I think should benefit the team and and not be a a hindrance. I'd say they have no excuses. The only, you know, kind of interesting thing is the fact that Ilya Samsonov tried to practice today. He actually had on his gear and, and was out on the ice for a few minutes but then once the real practice got going, he bolted. And uh, they said they, they got to work with him and build back his strength because this illness has uh, has given him a bit of a beating. Jeez. And you look back, I think it was November 24th since he last started. And, and part of that's just because Joseph Wall's been dialed in and taken the number one spot. But we all know that this league, you need, you need two goalies going. And it's like, okay, if he doesn't start in Ottawa, it's going to be a long stretch here um, between games. And Sheldon said he's a little bit concerned, the fact that he's not, it's not the game action. It's like he's not even getting much serious reps in practice at this point. Yeah, and they sent Martin Jones back to the Marlies, did they not? Correct, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's uh, they may be needing him again yet, sounds like. Um, yeah. Can, can I yeah, yeah, please. stay on Samson up for yes. a second? Just in, in terms of now the patience that they're going to show with Samsonov, is there a scenario where if you if you look at the playoffs and yeah, I know I, I get it. He got hit hard and didn't come back. And now he had a horrible camp and now we're around Christmas and there's just no real sense on him gaining traction again. Can you see this thing playing out where they just go with Sammy right to the very end and, and keep your fingers crossed on wall here? Uh, there's a sense that he's still a good goalie, Luke, but the re- the reliability meter is really low on Samsonov. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%, Nick. Like, uh, first it was the mental struggles, and then it was, you know, some shaky performances, and now it's it's the illness, which, you know, it's it's going around. You, you can't fault him and you you don't want him to rush back if he's feeling sick or be around the other players even more importantly if it's something contagious uh this guy's a good goalie when he's on um and, and the other thing is what are you going to do try and bury his salary or try and trade him when he has no trade value at this point uh you know but it is a question mark because this guy was given the number one job from you know the first night opening night this was his chance to run with it but he stumbled, and the the belief in the organization is so strong on Wall 
that I think they've been happy to to give the lion's share of the duties to to the young guy. Uh, but you know, you step back and you look at Joseph Wall's track record, and he has he's never carried the load, especially at this this level. Like you still need a tandem. So I think it's important that they they work with Samsonov at this stage, at least, and, and get him up and running. Luke, the uh, the Leafs are built a very particular way, as you know well. Top heavy, and they need the top to be good, or it's just not going to work. We've seen that in playoffs. They've gone cold um, at times. Starting the season, Matthews and Marner didn't look quite great. They didn't quite work together. I want to talk about Matthews a little bit and just get your thoughts on the difference between his game that we saw on Saturday and for the previous seven games, you know, the, the year before we're going, is this guy hurt? What's happening? Like, I can't see what it is that's making him less effective on a game to the game basis, but then he comes out in Boston and he's just so overwhelming. You know, what do you see in his game so far this season, which frankly has been a little bit inconsistent. Yeah, I know it's been inconsistent. That's a great word for it. His highs have been incredibly high. You think of the hat trick games and his lows ha- have been pretty low. Like coming into that Boston game, he had one goal in his past nine games. And that morning, Sheldon Keefe did something that I can't recall him doing, at least not very often. And he publicly challenged him on what was a, a pretty softball question by the reporter. And he went in and said, it's not just the goals. His process needs to be better. He has to yeah. do the things that we ask of him to create chances. And it seems kind of easy from an outsider to say, hey, you're one of the best shooters in the world. You should have a shoot first mentality. But Keith felt the need to have a, a one-on-one chat with him and say, you know, we want you to shoot because, yeah, you might not score on every shot, but what it does is it creates chaos. And we have guys that can gather rebounds and it puts the defense on edge when you have a shoot first mentality. Now, the fact that his game has been inconsistent, I, I think I don't think it's one thing. I think there's a couple things at play. One, his his running mate, you know, Mitch Marner had a stretch where he wasn't feeling it and he admitted his confidence was low and he was in his head a little bit, wasn't relaxed out there. And we see the difference between good Marner and and you know, you know, not so good Marner. So I think part of it is that. And the other part of it is the left winger. I mean, I think Matthew Nyes has done an admirable job as a, a rookie, but, it, you know, maybe they missed some of the chemistry or that forechecking power that they had in that spot, whether it was Michael Bunting or, or, or years back with Zach Hyman. And then I, I also think there's a little bit of Matthews that is kind of, you know, he would never say it, but he doesn't get up for a game against the Seattle Kraken yeah. the way he gets up for a game against the Boston Bruins. He knows the narrative around this team is... Nothing matters till the playoffs. I think when there's a big game, he gets fired up. So you add the fact that they had an interesting, compelling opponent to get up for. The coach called him out a little bit. And there was a bit of a wake-up call by removing Marner from him. And, you know, he's probably gets fed up and says, okay, you want me to attack? I'll show you what attacking Matthews looks like. And I think what frustrates the fan base is maybe we see that a little bit too infrequently for mm-hmm. a lot of people's liking during the regular season. We're talking to Luke Fox, Leaf and NHL writer for Sportsnet.ca. Uh, Luke, John Tavares approaching 1,000 points, kind of coincides with uh, playing a little over, I think, 1,000 games, 1,051. I thought he was uh, kind of attacked a little bit on social media uh, the other night, uh, and it was uncalled for because I think he played a good portion of the last half of uh, overtime against the Boston Bruins. But 
you know, he's he comes kind of as advertised, right, in terms of what he's been able to deliver. And, you know, he's never claimed to be something that he's not. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's the thing is, I we don't we probably don't talk about him enough. Uh, and especially in a pause light because we take him for granted because he's he's like a metronome, right? He's the same guy yeah. all the time in his interviews, in his practices, in his performances. Like, you know, we were talking about how Austin and Mitch sometimes have these crazy highs and, and you know, some qu- quiet, noticeable lows. But Tavares has kind of been steady Eddie, and it, it really is phenomenal. Sheldon Keefe was talking to him a little bit about him today and his consistency. And it starts with his habits, his routine, um, and then it tra- just translates in, into his game. Uh, it's just phenomenal the way that he, he's maintained his production. Like his numbers this season as a Leaf aren't that far off from his first season as a Leaf. And yeah. that's really remarkable because – when he signed this deal, everyone was like, well, it's going to look horrible at the back end. And yeah, maybe he's not worth $11 million, but there's a lot of teams that would trade their second-line center for John Tavares right now. I mean, he for one, his face-offs have actually improved. I think he might be at, or if he's not the top, he's very close to it. He's winning draws at like a 60% rate, um, still producing on the power play. He's just incredibly dependable. Uh, and it's kind of nice, you know, when these milestones come along because it gives you reason to kind of open your eyes and wake up and appreciate what he's kind of just steadily done for for so many years in his career. And and it's funny, like a couple guys tried to talk to him about it on the weekend, and he basically refuses to talk about it until he's there. He's like, well, you know, guys who have done that, that he positions it like that as opposed to myself. He doesn't want any attention until he's uh, actually hits the number, and I think he's only five points off. Yeah, that's crazy. He's at uh, 61.8% on the face-off circle this year. That's wild. Yeah. So, Luke, you are down at the rink and around the team every single day. You are the best question asker uh, in all the scrums. We always appreciate, uh, you know, yeah. when we get a, a Fox question. We really like it when you piss them off, Luke. Yeah, you, you, you know, you <laughs> ask real questions. It's great. I want to know if you see any difference in Sheldon Keefe this year. He's got a, a contract extension. He's not under Kyle Dubas. It's tree living, extension, different team. Do you feel like you're getting a different version of him this year than you've seen in previous seasons? I, I would say we are a little bit. Okay. Uh, a variation of him um, when he meets with us uh, behind closed doors. Who knows? I don't know how much of that has to do with the GM change. Um, or how much of it has to do with, I think there is a genuine concern on his part that this team might not be as good as previous incarnations. Yeah. And, that, and that worries him. You know, I, this guy, his work ethic is off the charts. I never question Sheldon Keefe's level of care or devotion. I think he's constantly studying tape, constantly looking at numbers, constantly trying to find ways to get the most out of his group. Uh, and I think in the early going here, and it's calmed today, um, certainly I think he was really happy with the Boston effort. But in the early going, I think he was concerned about the blue line. Did he have enough horses back there about the bottom six? I think there's still some lingering concerns there for sure. Um, and when he feels like that, he has a horrible poker face and he lets slip yes. how he really feels, whether whether it's in his tone or, or sometimes in his words. We're but glad often he does, his, by the way. 
or, or the length of his answers. You can tell a lot by the length of his answers, how good of a mood he's in. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a fascinating guy, but I, I totally respect him as a hockey mind. I do have questions whether he's enough of a motivator to get this team over the hump. Like, I think he's a great coach, but sometimes I question whether he's the guy. So let me ask you then, um, now that you mentioned that, Yesterday, we briefly had a discussion and we talked about his comments before Austin Matthews' two goals Saturday night. And we debated whether he was actually calling out Austin a little bit uh, or where it could fit like on a scale of one to five. So what did you make out of his, I don't know, did he motivate Austin on Saturday? Yeah, he may have. I mean, it, it, that looks like a great move by him. Uh, and if it goes the other way, if Austin has a poor game, then then we're we're singing a different tune, right? Like it all it's all results dependent. But no, you're right. He did something out of character. I thought it was a pretty gentle call out. Uh, you know, he positioned it as Austin's a driver for our team, and we need him to be a driver if we want to win. And you know, right now he needs to do more to be a driver. Is kind of the message he was getting out. He didn't say like he's been horrible. He needs to step it up. Like relative to other markets, like. Kuznetsov's getting benched, you know, Rick Tockett is, is, has no qualms about, you know, benching JT Miller, like compared to other markets, this is very gentle, but I, I did think there was a little poke there and there was definitely a response. Well, I haven't benched Sammy yet or JB <laughs> on the shows, but, uh, am I off? I just got benched. My mic yes. was on mute. That's Thanks. like not being ready for a line change. <laughs> too many let's talk about that shall we all right luke really appreciate your time as always man be ready for tomorrow too (laughs) yeah i'm going to ottawa so we got nothing all right we'll catch you on the 401 thanks luke all right luke fox writer sportsnet.ca does a terrific job yes um did you want to talk about the too many men or do you want to save that let's uh let's let's break and get the ot okay we we got ot we got uh we got tomorrow We got OT and that's it. All right. Uh, Thanks to Luke. uh, And we're going to come back with uh, Hall of Famer Adam Oates. Don't go away. Just warming up here on The Real Kipper and Born. Teeing up the biggest games of the night. It's the fan pregame with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Weekdays at 6 p.m. on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's welcome in former NHL great Hall of Famer, Adam Oates, president of Oates Sports Group. Oatsy, how are you, pal? Thanks for coming. Uh, listen, you are one busy guy, uh, so we appreciate you making some time for us. So wh- 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 where are you coming from? Where would you just go? Like, what's going on in your life? Uh, you know what? I was just uh, at the Hall of Fame uh, for the Hall of Fame game, which was a lot of fun. Great to see the old guys and... Uh, uh, welcome in the new new people, and then uh, back in Florida now. And like you guys, I watch a lot of hockey every day. It's uh, uh, today was a today was a long day of video for sure. And it, when it comes to you working with uh, you know your your some clients or guys that you talk to on a daily basis, where are you on on the skill level in terms of what you see or what you haven't been able to see? You know what I, I would say the league goes through cycles. 
and, and you know, when you watch every day, you watch NHL.com, you watch the goals, you're seeing sort of, you're looking for trends. You're looking for the same stuff that coaches are looking for, trying to find that little magic answer of something. And I do the same thing. I try, I try and look at, at a particular goal, like what was the mistakes on that goal and what was the good plays on that particular goal? And then try and figure out a way to implement, impl- implement that into my video package for the guys or the drills we do in the, in the off season. And you know what? I would say that generally the guys are all pretty highly skilled, right? And the, the nuances are tough. For example, just because I saw it today, Pittsburgh's power play. We're talking four Hall of Famers right there. And they're struggling on their power play. They haven't scored in 11 games. It's amazing. And Mario's sitting up top. Like, that. you would think, the, the common man would think that that's impossible. Right? But there are certain details that have to happen to score a goal. Like, they're not always fluky goals, right? And obviously, they're going through a bit of a tough time right now. So, honestly, on a daily basis, I'm, I'm looking for anything I can to find to help a player. J- JB, give us your theory. I think Malkin is a detriment to that power play. He takes these one-timers from distance. He ta- unscreened uh, with the goal. He has time to get over. What do you see on that power play? What's going on? Well, you don't know what they're told, number one. Number two, they brought in Eric Carlson. Yeah. Um, you don't know how Chris Letang felt about that. Maybe they brought him in because Letang's health was maybe a concern. I don't know all that stuff. You have Sid and Gino that are lefties. you got Carlson and, and Letang that are righties. Um, there has to be a chemistry formed there. Who gets the puck? You know, who, who's, who's technically the shooter? Who's the passer? You know, you look at Tampa, for example, it goes through Kucherov, right? No matter what. And they, and no matter what. So that's, they've come up with a plan and they're very good at executing that plan. I don't know. Some teams don't always have that luxury. Some teams don't always have that sort of guys that are willing to be sort of like a shooter, Right, they want to be the passer, and vice versa. And we've all, you know, Kipper, you know that you play with everybody, and not everybody's adaptable. Like, like Alex Ovechkin could not be Nick Backstrom. Nick Backstrom could not be Ovechkin. So sometimes you need to figure out what the chemistry is. So that brings me to my theory when I first heard about Eric Carlson going to San Jose, and we just had this conversation outside the other day. I like alpha dogs in the room, but I also like them on the ice as well. And my first thought when I heard Carlson was going to San Jose is like, who's the who's the alpha dog on the blue line? Brent Burns or Carlson here? Because last time I checked, Brent that was Brent Burns' blue line in San Jose, and now Carlson moves to to Pittsburgh, and I, I asked the same question: Carlson or Latang? Can you can you have both? Can how how sure you just watched it fail miserably in San Jose, didn't? Didn't Kyle Dubas learn anything brought for that? <laughs> well, and the, and the funny thing, too, is um, if I'm Chris Letang, hey, wait a minute, I've been here for 15 years and won two cups with you guys, too. So, like, do I want to take a second fiddle or backseat to Eric Carlson? I know he's a talented man, but am I not talented? And you know what? It's uh, These are all the little subplots that happen at, you know, from junior to college to pro level. There, there's you cannot have a quarterback controversy. You can't. And we're all good guys, but at the end of the day, we all want to succeed, right? And right now, they're having a tough time for me finding the right chemistry. It's ironic because I think it's a an old trope from the NFL that if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. 
You know, it's like you're yeah. supposed to have a guy. Um, and so I can see that complicating things in Pittsburgh. I want to give people a sense for the work you do, Otsi, in terms of you said you watch a lot of video. Like, how has technology changed that? What is, you know, how are you able to get through all this video? And, and then do you make a package and send it to your clients? Or how does that work? That's, that's exactly what I do. I, I have a team of video guys. We have five guys. Okay. I, I train them what to look for. Good and bad. Yeah. And then they send me the stuff. And what I do, I go through it and I'm looking for little morsels of information. And one of the things that I think is good is like I played, I coached, I know what everybody wants. We want some form of success on this particular play right now. And uh, the drills I designed in the summer are based on achieving that. You know, like, like, for example, I was thinking of one in case you guys asked was, like, okay, D, get a shot in. Get a shot through from the point. Okay, sounds easy. How? Right, right. Like, you're getting you're getting a pass from your partner or you're getting a pass from the corner, right? What's well, two different ways you have to catch a pass. You have to know where that guy that's coming out to block it is. You have to, you have to shoot around him. That takes technique, right? And you're, you're worried about velocity. What were you doing to prepare for that before you got the puck so you're in the right spot? So, you know, like for one simple shot from the point, there's a lot of little skills that have to go into executing that, right? And we all see on a night-to-night basis, guys get the puck, they think about shooting, they throw it back down. Drives the forwards crazy. I just want to battle and gave you the puck and you're not shooting it. It's like, like, so why did I pass to you? And th- these are all, like, but there's a lot of little skills that go into that, like everything we do. And honestly, we, we go about just trying to fix all of it. And, you know, the guys I see in the summer – they come every so often and like, it's usually like a three day window and we try and incorporate say eight skills into one session type thing. You know, so that would be 24 subjects in three days. Right. We're talking to Adam Oates, former NHLer and president of Oates sports group. We're talking skill, 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 skill. The Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, we know have some of the best firepower in the world right now. Uh, Oatesy. And yet sometimes you watch that power play and, you don't get the big goal when you, you need it most. It's failed them, unfortunately, for Lee fans around playoff time. But is there a thought that maybe sometimes it can be too predictable as well when you got one main shooter like Austin Matthews and, and a guy like Morgan Riley, most often than not, who isn't a big-time shooter? Um, so if you go back to Tampa, like we t- talked about, it goes through Cooch, Right. So I would say that he is really, really good at making his reads. Whether it's passing to Braden Point in the slot, seeing a seam to Stamkos, or back to Victor Hedman. And you think about it, Victor Hedman is not a one-timer. If he was a one-timer, they'd be even better. But still, their power play is lethal. Mm-hmm. So I, I still think it comes down to who's the quarterback and make the reads. And what are the reads based on what the penalty killing is doing. For example, Montreal scored a power play goal last night from uh, Cole Caulfield to Suzuki to Monaghan. Great goal. So whoever they play next, that penalty killing coach is going to see that. So he's going to probably talk about that in their meeting. So in that game, the next game, Cole Caulfield and Suzuki have an answer for that. And I would say that the best power plays have those answers. They're yeah, ready that, for that. That's probably an under under discussed topic. Is just like you know what happened last game and how are teams going to adapt before the other team shuts them down. 
that's a big part of of coaching and figuring those sort of things out. So, you know, you look at this Toronto Maple Leafs team. We talked about the skill at the top end of it, their power play, what they can do. What do you think a fourth line should look like in terms of skill? Are you still are you okay in today's day and age with a Ryan Reeves? Should it be? Do you need to have this sort of handsy players all the way through your lineup? You know, my answer is yes to everything. Where, like, do I like Ryan Reeves? Yeah. Yeah. What he brings? Yeah. Right? No. Do I want him to make one more pass once in a while? Yeah. <laughs> right? Sure. So, so why not? Right? Like, so if you have a big man who's physical, who can protect guys, it's, it's very valuable. Very valuable. Obviously, in the playoffs, when he gets a little heated, it's even more valuable. But I also think every guy needs to work on his game and get a little better because at the end of the day, you don't want to be replaced. Yeah. Right. And we need, you know, like if, if you don't get a goal or an assist for 25 games, I can't keep playing you. Right. Cause sooner or later something happens. Right. But, but in terms of what do you want? I mean, what if, what if you're a fourth liner and you're not Ryan Reeves, what are you? Well, now you're an energy guy. So you're a fast energy guy. Okay, dog on a bone. Okay, so that's what you are. Then you got to be a dog on the bone on the forecheck. You got to stop the puck. And I and I have guys like this. And one of the things I tell them is you can't fall down. Really, you're not you're not Tom Wilson. You're not Ryan Reeves. You are an energy guy. So you're going to put pressure on that D on the forecheck. Okay, so you got to stop the puck. And yeah, your coaches want you to be a little physical. But what you can't do is fall down. So you got to go as hard as you can without falling. You fall down, you can't make a pass or shoot a puck. And sooner or later, they won't like that. So you're not a tough guy, but you're on the fourth line. So you have to figure out a way to build your leash, right? You need some form of success that the coach likes you and keeps playing you. And obviously, you're trying to get to the third line. That's Gregor. OT, um, sometimes we hear that, that, that catchphrase, prone to mistakes, Zadorov. No question, a lot of teams interested in a big guy that can move around, and he does it uh, fairly well at 15 minutes. But who isn't really prone to mistakes, and how can you teach when you go individually with someone to tone down those mistakes? Can you, or, or is it just unrealistic and, and say the majority of us are prone to mistakes? That's what the game's all about. Um, you know what, honestly... Uh, do I think you can fix that? Yes, I do, for sure. Uh, the guys, and that's why generally I wait for guys to call me. I don't call them because I want them interested in listening. So the first thing I'll tell you, which I know you know, Kipper, is your stick. Hey, man, maybe you need to change your curve. If you're whiffing the puck, why? If you're the guy that's whiffing the puck, don't you know you whiff the puck? Well, then why? So let's let's work on your curve so you don't whiff the puck. Right? You got to get the puck out. You're a penalty killer. You got to clear it. You don't get two chances. You get one chance. You get two chances and they score, you get replaced. So, you know, it's it's called pro. You're a pro. So a guy like Sidorov, you're right. He moves pretty good. Obviously a big man. Right? So they want to put him on the ice. If they if he doesn't have enough success, sooner or later they won't put him on the ice. Yeah, simple as that with, uh, with some of those guys. It's a tough a tough role to find, you know, so, you know, we're always keeping it on the, the Leafs here a little bit. And one guy this season who struggled to put up numbers he has early in his career, Max Domi, scored his first goal of the season the other day. Um, he's a third-line guy that, you know, is a skill guy. And 
So trying to find you know, sort of that, that niche you're talking about and fitting in, what is it you want to see from a guy like Max Domi that he can bring, who is a talented player but isn't necessarily a top six guy on this team? Yeah, so first of all, that, that makes it very difficult because if, if you consider yourself a top six guy and you're not, mm-hmm. you're, fighting your, you're fighting your anxiety to, to begin with, right? And obviously you come to Toronto where dad played, that makes it hard, right? You got to get over that tough market. Um, you're not on the first PP, which gets the line share of the ice time. So, so it's hard. But then you have to look at your own game and what are you doing well? What are you not doing well? And you try and make one more play. You know, can you make one more play? Can you win one more battle? Can you pass a buck a little bit better? Like at the day, you have to look at your body of work and what can you do to improve it so that your coach plays you. Oh, to a, a sore spot around uh, this part of town in Toronto is too many men on the ice. And it's something that's plagued, I think, Sheldon and his teams the last few years. Is that something you would address with some of your players that you work with or is that strictly a, a coach and his team like are there some things that you can share that can help avoid someone getting caught in that net well you're, you're gonna laugh when i coach washington we got too many men a few times and i called Ovi and backy in and i said do i really have to have a meeting about this and the answer was yeah because you're gonna laugh but some guys don't jump over the boards correctly. Oh, like, I, 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 don't, I don't doubt it for a second. Like, where's like, your so let's say I'm taking, let's say I'm taking you. Okay. I got Kipper. Here comes Kipper. And I'm a guy that doesn't like just jump over it while still looking. So I take my eyes off you to, to look and you change your mind. Whose fault is that? Yeah. It's the guy going on the ice. Yeah, that's right. The guy that took his eyes off of him. Yes. It's him all the time. So I had to have a meeting, honest to God, I swear to God, about how to jump over the boards in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. Some guys, it is fascinating. Like, like people, like, it, it, you know, the, the one thing I always joke about with the guys is some of the stuff that we work on, if people actually watched us, they'd laugh. So, like, I, first, first drill every, every session, poke checking. You watch goals in our league and you watch how many guys miss a poke check. It'll make you sick. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like I do that. Guys I, overextending I it, OT? Just going too, too or, committed? Or whiffing. Missing. Missing it. Wow. So I, what I do, first drill, I scatter pucks in the neutral zone. And I say, you got to alternate forehand, backhand. Poke check them. You won't believe how many guys miss. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable how many goals are missed. Yeah. Because somebody didn't stab a puck, or somebody stabbed it fantastic and and got something good out of it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes to like first touches for demon on retrievals, right? Like Justin Hall took a hard time here in Toronto. He used to get pasted all the time, but he used to poke it somewhere useful. I mean, that's a valued skill, isn't it? It's like soccer. They always talk about first touch. It doesn't not as discussed in hockey. Like a defenseman going back for the puck is the hardest play in hockey. By a mile. Yeah, agreed. You're being chased. The puck could be bouncing. It might be against the boards. It might not. you got to have an angle. Is the goalie in your way? Are you going to reverse it? Are you going to strong side it? And you have to collect that puck. And you know what? That's a very hard skill, collecting the puck. Taking a hit to make a play is hard these days. Yeah. I don't even think some guys at the NHL really know or understand how to do that or what it means 
over the course of a game? We work on, we work, we work on battling. And I would say two reasons, Kipper. Number one, nowadays kids play hockey for eight years without contact. It's a long time. That's eight years. That's eight years of learning habits, right? Yeah. And and you and I played in a more violent time. We did. Thank God. So we, we got we got <laughs> slashed. We got slashed. We got cross checked. So we learned how to play close to guys. I love seeing guys close to guys. I like. Yeah. Unfortunately, you got to you got to get bumped, boys. You got to battle that D net front. You gotta. You gotta learn how. You have to. So one one question for me, my uh, last one here on these skills, and I think it's relating to, to poke checking a little bit, but I think part of the problem with uh, Matthews and Marner this season, they didn't have a lot of success in the early part of the season together. I shouldn't say the early part, but for a run of games, they don't really have a four checker like they did when Hyman was there or even uh, when Bunting was there. How does F1 stop the breakout? How do you be the first guy in? How do you stop that other team from executing their breakout as the first guy in? You know what? It's a, it's a sore subject with me as well because I realize some guys are regarded as physical. So so if you get a hit, but that D plays the puck, useless. hey, man, you're going to be back-checking. Now, I also understand that if it's early in the game, trying to set the tone, so maybe in the third period, that D, because you've been hitting him, he won't be playing the puck as good. I get that too. But the point is, if you're F1... Can you do a combination of stopping the puck and bumping the guy? And obviously now the rules where you can't ram a guy from behind, but it makes even more sense why you got to try and stop the puck. If you can stop the other team and stop their speed, we can get all five guys in the zone. You get all five guys in the zone, good things can happen. One more for me, and it goes right into the, again, uh, maximizing your, your skill potential when you're on the ice, and it's a pet peeve of mine, is length of shifts. Do you have these conversations with your guys? 100%. And what, what, what do you share with them to, to maximize their potential? It depends on which guy and what his leash is and, and how the game's going along. And, and like, even to the point where I don't think you're working hard enough tonight. That's why you can stay on too long. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm very honest with the guy where like, like if you're not working hard enough, Therefore, you can stay on longer than your line mates. You put the coach in a tough spot. You know, you're not following up fast enough. That takes more effort. One of the hardest things for me when I played was, especially as I got older, if I'm F1 in the forecheck, but I see that that D's got the puck, I don't want to waste the energy. Yeah. Right? You have to. You have to. You got to put pressure on that guy. It's your turn. Yeah, you got to burn the energy, even though you think he's going to pass it by you. It's that's your job, you know. So, do I have those talks all the time, Kipper? Actually, yeah, yeah. Ot, fascinating stuff, man. Always learn something new with you. Thanks for doing <laughs> this, you guys. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ot. Appreciate all right, it. Adam Oates, former NHLer, NHL legend, great Hall of Famer, and president of Oates Sports Group. He does a terrific job working with individuals. Yeah maximizing their performance i love that you know i i have i love the idea that you get the best players on earth into a league and then you have someone watch them play and go you can't poke check a puck you know because it's real right when you when you watch a lot of video and you go god i've watched 10 four checks in a row and you keep running into the guy but they break it out every time where's your stick yeah you know i will say ryan reeves the guy that often carrying his stick like a flag into battle on the skate in 
It's like down on the ice, stick on puck, lead with that. Love this story about uh, having uh, an NHL practice on how to get on the ice. Yeah. During play. Remember having a coach, some or a skills coach, talking about having sitting on the bench with your blade up when it's your team. So when you're over the boards, you're immediately blade down instead of having to like grab the butt end and pull in like this like quarter second different swing. You know these guys think about these little details and. So you're sitting there with your stick with blade the blade up, up, up. So that when you, yeah. as soon as you jump over, it's now, now you got to slide it. Yeah, it's good. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a quarter second on a jump on I mean, the ice, you're yeah. able to play the puck. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to make a difference at old Canlan, but that's interesting. <laughs> the sags can need a little help sometimes. Are you guys changing in the door, out the door? No. Oh, yeah. Or are you going? Yeah, no, sometimes you, jump it's, over. It's, but... it's shifting to the middle of the bench, yeah. and the guy's coming on, jump over, while the guy off the ice or I'm coming the on yeah. off the ice comes through the gate. Yeah. Lots of uh, lots of texts on the text line about that interview. People love the OT. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's got a lot of great insights. Oh, I've done many a nights with him on Hockey Night in Canada, and sometimes I'm just like the audience right beside him. I know. Yeah. Going, tell it, me more, Otsie. Tell me more. Sometimes in this job, find yourself when you're talking to someone interesting, being like, listening to him, being like, oh, I'm the guy who has to ask the next question. Like, <laughs> just like, wrapped. Yeah. Okay, our thanks to Adam Oates in that first hour. Shohei update. Sammy, is he coming to the Jays? Uh, nothing yet, buddy. Nothing yet. Okay, we still got an hour to go here on the Real Kipper and Born Show. We go national next. Great topics of dis- discussion, including the Arizona Coyotes. We have Hottest to? team. Yes, we do. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hottest talk. team Stay in tuned. the National Hockey League. Uh, Tampa Bay. Hey, we lit a fire, boys. Oh, uh, we had them dead and buried. Yeah, we lit And a now fire. they're back to life with a big shutout yeah, win. Vasilevsky. And an update on the Ottawa Senators and Thomas Shabbat. Okay, let's have it. Ah, you oh, have no. to wait for that one. That and more. Don't go away. Real Kipper and Bourne.